We're in the book of James. We're going through uh, for the next uh, five or six weeks. We're going to be going through the book of James. And as we talked about last week, James is kind of all over the place. Um, and so we were joking last week that James has uh, ADD and, um, and that we're going to try to get some Ritalin to James and uh, kind of uh, make it a little more uh, like we think like Americans, you know, we, everything's in order. Everything's kind of uh, outlined and all that. And James wasn't writing that way. So we're going to we're going to try and get it uh, set up for us. But what we've been talking about, the, the key verse of James is the idea that um, we consider it pure joy when we encounter various trials. Consider it joy when you encounter various trials, which just does not make any sense at all. It doesn't sound right. That when you come up with a trial or a test or something that isn't the way you wanted it, that you'd consider it joy. It just sounds wrong. But when it goes on, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so we've been talking about this idea of tests. What do we learn from tests? And we all, as Americans, we value tests. We, we talked about this last week. We, we value, you know, we want our doctors to be tested, our lawyers to be tested. We want our cars to be tested. We want our iPhones to be tested. We want things to be tested because then we know they're going to stand up, right? Isn't that what we want? You know, we want our neurologist, we want them to be tested. So I, I have this, this thing. I don't know if it's up there. Do you, you have it going, Mitchell? You need some tests, yo? You don't got that? Oh, here we go. First, we have to go through the wickedly awesome. There we go. Man, it's like we're at a church of 20,000 people. So cool. Uh, yeah, go to the, go to the, that, uh, there we go. That guy. You need some tests. We're going to be talking this week and in the next five weeks about different tests we're going to face as, as uh, those who want to have this relationship with God. Different tests that you're going to come. We're going to talk about tests with your speech tests with various hardships, uh, different things, maybe different financial tests, maybe a test of how you look at other people. We're going to be talking about that, how we judge, how we value those around us or devalue them. These are all tests that when we fail, God doesn't just smack us. He says, hey, you've just learned something about your faith. And so last week we talked about the idea is we don't blame the test, we blame our faith. If you fail the test, don't blame the test. Don't say, oh, but if you knew how hard it was, if you knew what I was going through, you'd fail too. It has nothing to blame your faith. Your faith and our relationship with God can stand up under anything. And so it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and then it goes on, it says, and let endurance complete its work that you may be mature, complete, lacking in nothing. And so that's where we want to be. So we're going to be looking at some different tests. You can get rid of that guy. Uh, uh, maybe I won't have him. Yeah, let's, stay at, let's keep it right there. James 1.5. This is what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. What an audacious statement to make. You mean if I don't know what to do, if I lack wisdom, I can ask the God of the universe and he's going to tell me what I should do? The God of the universe. 
I want to buy the Nissan Altima or the Toyota Camry. Can't figure out which one. I'm supposed to go to, I need wisdom. I'm supposed to go to God for that. Okay, I got the two, I narrowed it down to the Toyota Maxima. Green one or red one? I don't know. I'm going to ask God. I mean, isn't that amazing? James is saying, if anyone, anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously without finding fault, or if you have the New American Standard, without reproach. In other words, he's not going to go, what are you asking me for? Figure it out yourself. I was uh, having lunch with a guy, and I was talking to him about um, Jesus and about how Jesus can change your life and all that. And uh, we got on the subject because... Uh, he's newly married been married for about a year and um, he's been having marriage problems like a lot of couples do in their first year um, when the dating stops and um, so we were talking he says you know I'm just how do I explain to her that she's being unreasonable (laughs) right that's what he asked how, how do I explain to her? That if, now, those of who's been married for a little while, you're like, dude, no, dummy. Don't, you're not, ugh, right? How do I explain to her that she's being unreasonable? So I, I listened for a while. I'm a professional listener, so I listened. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so he was talking about this situation that they had that was a really, that was a trial. But he seemed to feel like she was overreacting. And, and he was trying to figure out, how do I explain to her she's overreacting? I, I said, dude, she's not overreacting. Those are her feelings. You can't stop somebody. Ha- don't, you can't just go to someone and say, don't feel that way. It doesn't work, especially a woman. I mean, especially uh, <laughs> someone you're close to. But you just don't walk up and just say, stop feeling that way. And so I just started sharing with him. And I, I said, you know, let, let, me just, let me just tell you what the Bible says, man. It says that you're the husband. You're supposed to just give it up. Just let it go. Okay, so she's being unreasonable. Really, what's, what's the big deal? Right? Maybe she just wants to be. I, I, it was weird. I sound like Dr. Phil. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm like, you know and I'm all like touchy-feely. I, I, fortunately, I didn't get weepy or anything. But I, I'm just like, you know, maybe she just wants you to hear her out. You know, she's got these feelings. Where do they come from? Is it from her past? Is, it, is this reminder of something? I mean, you do. That's what you do. You, you got to just let it go. And then I said, this is the way the Bible says it. It says, you have to lay down your life for her. You got to just like try to come figure it out. I said, and then the Bible says something creepy. It says, you have to lay down your life like Jesus did for the church. He got up on a cross and died for the bride, for the church of Jesus Christ. And that's what you got to do. And it was like a light came on. And he's just like, oh my gosh, that's ex- here, that makes total sense to me. It's the wisdom of God. Now, I didn't say anything that hadn't been in here along with anyone. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach. It seems really simple. It seems easy. Then why isn't it working? What what, what are the things that get in the way of hearing God's wisdom? Why, okay, if I'm honest, okay, why does this not work for me sometimes? How come I ask and I don't get the answer? 
How come I, how come I, you know, something's going on and I really want to know what to do and I don't seem to hear the voice of God. Why, why doesn't that happen in my life? Well, I think I'm asking the wrong question. Let, let me show you what it says. It says this. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, generously to, to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, check this out, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now listen, we're going to find a key. We're coming up to a word that's going to be the key to it all. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he, what? Does. See, to the Hebrew mind, James is written to Hebrews, the 12 tribes that are scattered because of persecution. They didn't have a, to them, wisdom was not amassing knowledge. For us, you know, you get on the internet and you can get information just like this. The accumulation of information seems to be kind of like wisdom. You ever been to that party with the guy who like knows all this kind of stuff? And you're just like, man, that guy's wise. He's not. He's smart. There's a difference between smart and wise. There's a, re- there's a difference between knowing what to do, now here it is, and actually doing it. See, the one who doubts isn't doubting that they're going to get wisdom. They get it, and they doubt that it's going to work. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but I certainly have in my life where I've sought God for wisdom and I think, God, please show me what to do. And he shows me and I'm like, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Goes a good idea and hats off to you. Thanks. But I've been around the block a few times and that is not, it's not going to work. Now listen, think about what kind of place we're, we're putting ourselves in when Almighty God gives us our wisdom and we go, I don't, I don't know. And this happens all the time. And in our house, uh, we, we have a thing um, because kids are like little lawyers. I don't know if you knew this, but they're, they're amazing. I, I think every child has the ability to be a lawyer because they're just, their argument, you know, they, they loopholes, they can find loopholes faster than anybody you've ever seen. And so in our house, we, we don't have, you know, my, my girls went to the dance last night, the uh, homecoming dance, and then Jesse was um, at a soccer kind of event by himself with this wristband, this unlimited wristband. You could go on all the jump bounce houses you wanted to at every night. Said the same thing to both of them. Hey, make wise choices. That's what we say all the time. If, you, if my girls were here, they're not. They've just kind of roll their eyes. Uh, all right, make wise choices. Why? Because that cuts through all the stuff, doesn't it? I mean, if, if I say, okay, don't, you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't, you know, this, don't, 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 don't. And they're like, oh, don't, please don't say the one. Don't say, he didn't say the one. Green light. But make wise decisions. We all kind of know what that means. And I'll say to my son, did you make wise decisions? And I'll go, well, there was this thing where I did this. And I'm like, I never would have thought (laughs) about that one if I had to make a list. But he knew something inside of him. I believe it's the Spirit of God was giving him wisdom generously 
and without reproach. Most of the time in my life when I make a wrong decision, it's not because I didn't know the answer. I knew the answer, but I doubted it would work. We do this in relationships. If you're single and you're dating, and you go, God, should I date this person? And he says, no. And you're like, well, (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying live with them. I'm just saying date them. No. I'm not saying that we're going to become soulmates. I'm just saying we're going to go to the movies. No. Okay, because my friend Judy, she dated a non-Christian. He came to Christ. So, no. Okay, well, I'm just going to go on one date. And then, and that's it. I just want to, I just want to te- just make sure it's, no. Okay, I'll be back at 11. See you later, right? And we laugh, but haven't we done it in our finances? Like, has it? Okay, maybe it's just me, but this has totally happened to me. Where God, I said, God, I'm going to, I want to buy this thing. And God said, no, nah, you should, you don't need it. Well, okay, first of all, I'll decide what I need and what I don't need. But I, I, I'll get, and he's like, no, just be patient. Be patient. Oh, okay. Well, I've kind of waited two days and it's been a long time. And so I'm just going to get, no, 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 no. And I do it anyway. I buy it anyway. Whether I put it on the credit card or not, it doesn't make any difference. I buy it. And t- not two weeks later, does someone call me up? Do you need a skill saw? Because I got an next. I just bought one. And God was like, dummy. See, you asked for wisdom and you got it, but you doubted that it was going to work. We do it all the time, right? See, here's what I think James is saying. It's not the acquiring of wisdom that's the problem. It's the following through. The one who doubts. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man or woman, unstable, and all he does. Listen, God might be talking to you this morning. There, there might be an issue in your life where you've been praying and praying and praying and praying, and God's saying, no, 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 no. And you are just like, ugh. Or he's going, yes, yes, yes. Do it. Take a risk. Go for it. And you're like, no, you ever done that? At the, at the edge of a, like, they're saying jump, and you're like, okay, one, two. You know, you're just kind of like, I can't, I can't. And God might be talking to you about your finances or what you're watching or who you're dating or something, and you're like, I just want wisdom. And he's like, I'm giving it, I'm giving it. Pull the trigger, go for it, do it. And you're like, I can't. God wants to release you from that this morning. See, let me, let, me, let, me, let me go on. I got sidetracked. Okay. So James goes on now. We skip to James chapter 3. Okay. So like I said, we're talking about wisdom still, but James is all over the place. So James chapter 3, uh, it's not behind me. I should have I done this. I was going to do it between services, but I forgot. But just listen. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? That's what he's asking these 12 tribes scattered across. Who's, who, who are the ones that are, that are, who are the ones, the real leaders, the ones you can really see it in their lives? He says, who's wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. By deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. 
And you're wise. You want to speak into the situation. You want, to, you want to be a part of the kingdom of God. Let's see how you're taking what God is asking you to do and how are you applying it. Again, not to freak people out if you're new. We don't always talk about money. But I, for me personally, I think money is the... I could preach on money every week. I don't because, uh, you know, we've got to keep lights on and everyone would leave. But I think how we spend our money... And, and our giving patterns are a total test from God to see where, where we're at. And I think the tithe is just a brilliant system. Because we say, God, I trust you. Oh, I trust you. I know you're my provider. We even use big like Hebrew words that make us look spiritual, like Jehovah Jireh. Right? That means God, that's our provider. And I can, you know, it's like, right? And then it comes down like, well, tithe. Are you kidding me? Tithe? Do you know what that is? That's 10%. Do you know how much I make? Do you know how much money that is? And what if the church blows it or the pastor drives around in a Maserati or something? How am I going to know? And, and God's going, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's a test of your faith. And I want you to, I want to, I want you to see if you fail or not. Again, it sounds harsh and it sounds like, oh man, there he's talking about money. But this is one of those things, especially for Americans. Our money is our God. And we just don't want you to have it. <laughs> But it's God who gets it, okay? Anyway, I got sidetracked. So listen, so then he goes on, he says, he's talking about this wisdom, deeds done in wisdom. And then he talks about worldly wisdom and what it looks like, and it doesn't look good. You can read about it. But then he gets to James 3.17. Now listen, I just want you to imagine the Spirit of God speaking into your life, okay? Let's put it up there, James chapter 3, verse uh, 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, this is the wisdom we're after, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. See why it's sometimes, all of those, you see how sometimes it's hard when we get the wisdom of God, why it's hard to apply it? Because sometimes, oftentimes, it's really hard to be submissive, isn't it? I mean, we're kind of like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Me, independence, I got my right. We have a bill of rights. That they're my rights. And God says, you know what? My wisdom's submissive. And that's difficult for us, isn't it? Look at that. First, pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial. Impartial. And sincere. Now, I just want you to dream with me for a little bit. Because we've, we've met people like this. We've met people that are living their lives. They're doing the deeds they're not doubting. They're going, God told me and I'm doing it and I'm following through. And don't their lives look like that? I, don't you just see this, this, this pure, this peace-loving, considerate, submissive, they're full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. It's not up there, but you know what it says the wisdom of the world is like? Uh, you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition. You boast, deny the truth. He says this. Now, here, here's, I want to read a section of scripture. And this is why I think wisdom's everywhere. I, I, I just think God's wisdom is easily accessible. I, I want to give you three uh, quick things uh, that you can write down in your notes uh, of where we get godly wisdom. Because if we, if we want that kind of wisdom, pure and peace-loving and submissive and considerate and impartial, if we want that kind of, where do you get it? Does it just show up on your front door like a thing? And you're like, wow, do, you, do the heavens open up? And is there stuff written in the sky? You know, that actually happened to my dad. 
So real quick, as an aside, 15 seconds, and go. My dad was called to full-time ministry after living a life that wasn't full-time ministry. And, um, and he was in a train going from Newark uh, into downtown New York. And he said, God, I feel this call to full-time ministry. Should I do it? And he looked up, and in the, the clouds actually spelled yes. So true story. Uh, it's very cool. That's never happened to me. Uh, mine said sell, you know. Anyway, um, but uh, so check this out. Wi- uh, Proverbs one twenty. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. In other words, she's not like quiet. It's not like, well, I don't know, whatever you think, you go ahead and do it. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out in the gateways of the city. She makes her speech. You get this idea that life is going on and she's sitting there going, hey, stupid. You know that doesn't work. What are you doing? Like you, 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 it's like you get the idea that she's there going, are you kidding me? That doesn't work. Those relationships don't work. Duh, right? Well, actually, we can read her speech. It sounds kind of like that, not really, but it says this, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you'd responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. See, there's something about hearing the wisdom of God and doing it that opens the floodgates of relationship with our Heavenly Father. See, I don't buy the premise when people say, I've never heard from God. That's not true. You have heard from God. You've heard from God. You just might not be putting it into practice. And that's the problem. That's the doubting. That's the issue. God speaks to a certain part of my life. And it's like, ah. And see, here, and here's the problem. And here's where we find loopholes. What God's saying to you might be totally different than what he's saying to me. See, the, the way we look at it is this way. In light of your past, in light of your present, And in light of who you want to be, what's the wise thing to do? In light of your past, how'd you handle it before? In light of your present, where are you now? And in light of who you want to become, what's the wise thing to do? When you look at it that way, who you should date all of a sudden kind of comes into line. But, But she got to, but he got to. What you drink, what you do, how you kind of medicate, maybe. It might be fine for somebody. But God has spoken specifically to you and said, no, no, no. And we find these loopholes. And let me just give you real quick three ways God speaks to us. First and foremost, primary, right out of the box, is the word of God. It is, it never fails. It's been around for 2,000 years. Those who apply it are blessed. Now, does blessed mean they're rich? No. Does it mean they're always comfortable? No. You're like, then what does blessed mean? <laughs> it means their relationship with God grows deeper and their f- faith is tested and they're able to, even though through the fire, g- go, ah, nothing's really bothering me. Okay, that's what blessed means. It's having that relationship with God. The word of God is the primary way he speaks. 
And so if there's some other thing coming that doesn't match up with the word of God, it is not pure and peace-loving and considerate and all those kinds of things. It has to match up with the word of God. That's number one. And these are, that was in order, but the next two are not in order. The second is through other people. All through the scripture, it says, seek wise counsel, seek wise counsel, seek wise counsel. It says, if you're around idiots, you're going to become an idiot. Well, it says the company of fools suffers harm. But basically, it means if you're surrounded by people who are like, dude, don't sweat it, man. It's totally cool. You're going to end up. I mean, we know this, right? We know it because God has already spoken to us. So through other people, this is why we ask, we try to get everybody into a small group because the collective spirit of God moving within the body seems to be a lot more powerful than people just sitting out by themselves being isolated. Our heart fools us and tricks us. Jeremiah says the heart is exceedingly wicked. Who can even understand it? It's going to get you. Your heart's going to get you. And so that's why, again, just a kind of a, thing in the back uh, after service there's a whole bunch of things to sign up for a small group okay and the third thing is the holy spirit jesus said the holy spirit was going to guide us into all truth and so as you kind of are reading the word you're surrounded with people who love you and are able to speak into your life and say that's really not a good idea and we're open up to the holy spirit god will tell you what to do That's the easy part. Wisdom shouts from the street corners. And we've all done it. We've all heard it. Don't buy it. Don't watch it. Don't click that. Don't click it. Don't click it. Ah, you clicked it. We've all, we've all been there. We've all, don't say that. Don't say, whatever you do, don't say that. Don't, don't, I just had to say it. (sighs) Dummy. It's not that wisdom's hard to find. Now, there are some things that are more difficult than others, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But most of the time, I've found in my own life, she's shouting, you know the right thing to do. You know the wise thing to do. You're just afraid to do it. That's what I find. So here's your main point for this morning, if you, want, if you fill those things out. Every decision is an opportunity. Every decision is an opportunity. An opportunity to hear from God and an opportunity to grow closer to God. Now, you're like, every decision? Like, should I get fries or onion rings? Okay, maybe not every decision. Although, fries, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's an opportunity to grow closer to God. Now, see, l- l- check this out. Imagine if we changed our thinking in how we make decisions. Imagine if we stopped with the whole, what's going to be best for me? What does the future hold? What if it was God? What do you have to say? And how am I going to grow closer to you if I obey? Help me obey you. Help me hear your voice and actually finally stop the doubting, stop the loophole finding, stop the, you you know, another thing we do is we, we, we go from friend to friend to friend until we find the one that agrees. You ever done that? Maybe not, okay. Oftentimes I'll have people in my office and I know what they're looking for. And, and I have a new thing. So if you now, if you want uh, counseling or whatever, I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you want from me? Do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want, what, what are you looking for? And I make them articulate what it is. 
And so I had this woman in my office and she wanted to go through a divorce. And the Bible was super clear for her where, where, where she was at. She had no way to go, whatever. And, and, and so we're talking. And, and again, remember, we don't blame the test. But when she went over the test and how unfair it was and how it was essay and she thought it was going to be multiple choice and the whole type of thing and this isn't right and all this kind of stuff. At the end of the day, I just said, what do you want? She's like, I want you to tell me it's okay to get a divorce. And I said, N- I can't. No. Well, uh, off to the next person. Then the next person. And then until finally someone said, you know what, honey, what you're going through? Oh, I cannot believe it. I don't know how anyone could have made it this far. You know, it's like he had an affair. And off she went. Right? We do this. I do it too. I'm not blaming her. I, it, we, do, we do it. We try and find the right person. Every decision, every purchase, every decision on relationships, what comes out of your mouth is an opportunity to hear from Almighty God. And you know what? He's going to speak, either through His Word, through strong believers around you, or through the Holy Spirit just kind of putting that thing in. You ever gotten that thing where you're just like, you can't, like, reason it Like, I just don't, you know, and sometimes we have this with our kids where it's like, can I go to this thing? And you're like, no. And they're like, why? And you're like, I don't know. How many times I just say like, and then you say, I don't know. It's just wrong. It just feels wrong. Right? Oftentimes that's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and you have to make that hard call. Every decision is an opportunity. Let me, let me read a section of scripture and then we'll. We'll, uh, we'll enter into communion. Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. This is, now, Paul's talking not even about gaining wisdom. He's assuming you're going to already know. He says, be very careful then how you live. New American Standard says how you walk. Essentially, your actions. Take a look at your actions. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise. The most unwise thing I can do is know wisdom and not choose it. You see that? I know the wise thing to do, and I'm not going to do it. It's the worst possible thing you can do. He says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Our decisions this week, what you say, what you buy, how you live life, how you look at your life, how you look at relationships, how you look at your finances is an opportunity to grow closer to the living God. He gives to all people generously and without reproach. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That word understand is not to be enlightened by. It's to come into agreement with. Do not be foolish, but understand, accept it, take it, swallow it. Yes, this is God's will, and I'm going to do it. That's what this entire section of Scripture means. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise as, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, which means every opportunity has a most. 
because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. James goes on in chapter 4 to talk about wisdom. He says this in 4.17, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. See, James is still on this idea of wisdom. Once you know, you know. But how do you get from knowing to doing? It's really difficult. I'll give, a, I'll give you one verse to, you can put in your memory banks if you want to memorize some scripture. It's in Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-six. It's behind me here. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. 